0: Hello, how are you? This will be part two of the series that I'm in entitled Is Your Love Right? I want to encourage you that if you've not heard part one, you need to go ahead and go on the podcast and make sure you go listen to it because God is, as I said, is slowly teaching me and changing my life and changing my whole belief system. And I want to make sure that I operate in love, And one thing that I shared with you about the love of God is you cannot give a love that you never received. And God came up with a new rule. He came up with a new commandment and said, I have a new commandment that you love one another, even as I have loved you. So the scripture that we're using is John, the 13th chapter, verse 34 and 35. And it says a new commandment. I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. And until you receive that kind of love, you can't give that kind of love. But once you do, I promise you, you will love more on accident than you do on purpose. It won't be a struggle, it won't be hard, it won't be uh, laborious or tedious, it'll be easy. The word of God says for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and once you experience the unconditional love of God that never changes, you will love more on accident than you do on purpose and I believe that we really don't understand his love for us. We really don't have a great depiction, a great understanding of the love that God has for us and it's because of religion. It's because of religion and bondage and strongholds and tradition that has misrepresented the love of God and has made his love conditional. But the love of God is not a conditional love. It is a Unconditional love, and I'm gonna tell you, we we charge God foolishly for a lot of things. God killed my mama, God killed my daddy. God did this to that person. Why did God make that person eyes like that? Why did God do this? Why did God steal? Why did God kill? And I'm gonna tell you, if God was a person, he'd be put in jail for the things that we're saying he's doing. I mean, God is love and he's he's a righteous judge. He's righteous in all of his ways, and sooner or later, I'll give you even an understanding how that Christ submits to us. And you say, what? Yes, Christ submits to us. He delegated the earth to the church. I set before you life and death. Choose life. And if you decide to choose something else, you have consequences. That word con in Spanish means with sequence, to follow, that there are consequences to the decisions that you make has nothing to do with God you eat a whole bunch of bacon and pork chop and chitlins and hog mogs or whatever it is and get high blood pressure you can't say why did God give me high blood pressure you didn't take care of your temple as I tell you on a regular basis riding down the street one day looked in a house and God said would you live there I said no He said, why? I said, because it's condemned. He said, well, why would you subject me to a body that's condemned? So we don't take care of our temples. But I want to tell you, God's not doing all this stuff we say he's doing. God is not this terrible person. If he was, he'd be put in jail. God is not treating us the way religion has told us that God is treating us. He's a good God, and according to the word of God, he is not imputing our sins on us my god i said he's not imputing your sins on us he's not judging you for what you did all right everything that god would ever do all of his judgment was put on calvary at calvary's cross Jesus took on the sins of the world And he is not imputing your sins And the word of God says By this shall all men know That you are my disciples By the love you have one for another And you cannot show that kind of love Because you've never received that kind of love You think God is temperamental You think that God is sitting in heaven Ready to get you Every time you do something wrong But that's not the God that you serve He is rich in mercy He's loving God. He's long-suffering. And I really want you to get this understanding because when you look at 1 Corinthians the 13, you see it deals with something called charity. And most of us, we don't mind using the word love, but I don't want to use the word love because love is so abused today. You love ice cream. You love your husband. Ooh, I just love macaroni and cheese. Ooh, I just love shopping. I just love. And because that word is so abused, we really don't have a good understanding of what that word means. So charity is the word that Paul used in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. It is charity. That's the word he used. And charity, usually when you think of charity, you think of Red Cross, you think of the Salvation Army, you think of orphanages, because it's not just love, but it's love expressed. Charity is God's love expressed toward people. It's love in action. All right, And when you look at First Corinthians the 13th chapter He said Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor And though I give my body to be burned Which is the ultimate sacrifice I mean you're giving up your body You're dying and God says if you don't have charity It profits you nothing So if you're doing everything you're doing Giving all of your money Giving the orphanages And the motivation behind what you're doing Is not love You are doing it for the wrong reason. And so much religion, so much of our living rights, so much of our dancing and shouting and giving and not drinking and not smoking and all of these things are done for the wrong motives. I used to live a moral life for the wrong motive because I wanted God to be happy with me. I wanted God to do this and I still live a moral life but it is not motivated out of me trying to get God to be pleased with me. It's because I love him. Why do you witness? Are you witnessing? Some of us are witnessing because we're trying to get stars on our crown. You're witnessing because you're trying to get God to be happy. Oh, I want God to do this and God to do that. And I'm telling you that that motive is proud. You're living a moral life to obtain something. You're giving to get something. You're going to church because you think that makes God happy. You're fasting to get a breakthrough. And all of these things and the motive behind everything you're doing, if it's not motivated by charity and is not motivated by love, you profit nothing so when you look at the 13th chapter of first corinthians it's going to show you what love is and it's going to show you what love isn't and then it's going to show you what love does and what uh uh what love doesn't do Okay, and you got to read it and really get a good understanding of this. But we're going to start at verse four. And what I want you to see is this scripture is letting you know God's love to his people, which never fails. According to verse eight, his love never fails. And God would not demand you. This is what you have to get because first Corinthians 13. I'm going to help you see the love of God towards you. Because this is God letting us know how we're supposed to be with other people And God would not demand me to love other people more than he loves me So if God is commanding me, this is not a suggestion, this is not an option 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you, this is not a suggestion. He's commanded us to love each other. And if he's commanding me to love like this, which is like he loves, he would not command me to love someone greater than he loves me. Are you listening to that? And the only way you can do this is God has to put it in you first. Am I making sense? If God is expecting me to love like this, then he's treating me the same way, but you cannot give away what you don't possess. So you got to open up and let God love you right where you are. Lift your hands and say, Lord, father, daddy, I give you permission to love me. And I believe through that prayer God is going to reveal himself to you in ways you've never imagined. Let's look at verse four. Charity suffers long. What does that mean? That means that God is long-tempered. He doesn't have a short fuse. That's what that word, he's long-suffering. He doesn't have a short fuse. Some of you think God is so strict, waiting on you to mess up. Waiting on you to do something wrong. Every time you drop a piece of paper on the ground, oh, up you better pick it up. Every time you don't go to church, up oh, you got to make it to church. Every time you don't this, every you 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 have a bad depiction of God, and it's because of what we've been taught through religion. But the Word of God declares that charity suffers long, and the reason I can say this is God is because First John four say, "He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God is charity." You think God is so strict, waiting on you to mess up, thinking that God is not going to answer your prayer because you did something wrong. Oh, I did this wrong, so God's not going to answer my prayer. That is not the God that you serve. He is not easily ticked off. Every time you don't read your Bible, I'm going to get you. Every time you do something wrong, he's going to get you. Of course you haven't done everything right. Of course you haven't done this right. It doesn't matter that you haven't done everything right. He doesn't look at your performance. Nor does he do anything based on your worthiness, according to Ephesians chapter 2. You are saved by grace, as Ephesians 2 and 8. Through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Verse 9, lest any man should boast. God is not looking at your worthiness. He's not looking at your ability. He's not looking at everything you do right or everything you do wrong. God does not judge you based on your worthiness. Because if he judged us based on our worthiness and gave us what we deserve, every one of us would be in hell. Everybody would be in hell. You, your mom, your grandmother, Mother Teresa, all of these people who you deem to be perfect little creatures, everyone would be in hell if God gave us what we deserved. And we have misrepresented God and made us think that we have to earn what we get from him. But Romans chapter five, one of the most Powerful scriptures that you will ever read in your life Romans chapter 5 verse 8 said God commended his love toward us And that while we were yet sinners And you really to get a good understanding of this You got to read verse 7 Okay For a righteous man will one die God said for a righteous man somebody will die Maybe You might can get somebody to die for a righteous man Prevention for a good man, some would think twice. Uh uh, now you might get a right, you might get somebody to die for a righteous man. But for a good man, no, no, I ain't dying for him. But God, verse 8, commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you were yet sinners. And if you ever see his glory, if you ever get a glimpse of his glory, you will instantly recognize how unworthy you are. He did not die for those who had their act together, he did not die for the, per- for the perfect. He died for those who were ungodly, according to verse 8. Sounds like us. He died for sinners. All right, so you got to understand that he is long-suffering. He is not easily ticked off. He is not sitting in heaven talking about don't do that, don't do this. Just imagine if you had a friend. Now, he's your father. Just imagine if you had a friend that all they did is said, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. You wouldn't want to be friends with that person. You wouldn't want to be friends with somebody that all they did was saw the wrong you do. They never saw the good you do. All they did was talk about the wrong you did. You would want to be friends with that person. And to be truthful with you, friends are those who know you do things wrong and still love you. They know you're crazy. They know you don't dot every eye. They know you're not perfect, but they still chosen to be your friend. The Bible declares that there is a friend that sits closer than a brother. That's Jesus. I'm telling you that the God of the universe is not sitting in heaven, your father, your God. I want you to get a revelation of his love today. He is not sitting in heaven, looking for an opportunity to get you, looking for an opportunity to judge you, looking for an opportunity to give you a woman. He is long-suffering. God has forgiven all of your sin. None of your sin makes God mad. God is not reactive, he's eternal. If you commit a sin and it makes God react, that means you did something that he knew that you were, that means you did something that he didn't know you were going to do. God declared the end from the beginning. He knows your thoughts are far off. I knew the sin you would commit before you committed it. And according to the word of God, he has forgiven all sin. God has forgiven your past, your present and your future sin. He's forgiven the sin that you haven't even committed yet. God isn't mad at you. He isn't holding your sins against you. According to Hebrews chapter 10, and I know this is very hard for some of you, but if you get this, it's going to free you. According to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Once for all verse 14 for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified you are sanctified forever In the spirit, remember I told you, you are a spirit with a soul that live in a body. You are spirit, soul, and body. And when God relates to you, he does not relate to you in the body. He does not relate to your soul, but he relates to your spirit. Why? Because he is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So your spirit man is sanctified forever. According to Ephesians chapter one verse, I think that's verse 13. My God, I just love the word of God. It says, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom also after that ye believe you were sealed. With that Holy Spirit of promise, you are sealed. Your sin can enter your body and bring about sickness. It might get into your soul and affect your emotions, but it can never penetrate your spirit because your spirit man has been sealed with the Holy Spirit A promise and it's been sealed under the day of redemption. And because he's long suffering, he is not withdrawing his power, but he's more long suffering. He's not mad at you. He's not upset with you. He's not even in a bad mood. God loves you. He's in love with you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And I know it may seem that I'm yelling, I'm not trying to, I'm just passionate because I want you to fall in love with a God that loves you unconditionally. I've been raised in church, I've been born in church my whole life, lived a moral life, never drank, never smoked, never partied, never lived a a loose life. Kept myself of the gospel praise God but let me tell you something I am what I am today because I've received a revelation of the unconditional love of God and he doesn't have to beg me to do anything and I'm not sitting in my chair waiting on God to get me with a ruler but if a man could love me like this and bless me in spite of me and bless me when I'm messed up and bless me when I don't do everything right how much more would I want to live? for him once I get a revelation of his love toward me. I've received his unconditional love, therefore I'm able to give that unconditional love. He's not mad at you. He's not in a bad mood. Stop looking at situations going on in your life and immediately pointing the finger, telling them this is God. God is getting me. God is mad at me. God is upset with me. God God is getting me for something that I did wrong. No, he's not. He's not reactive. He already forgave you of the sin that you didn't even commit. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. He's already forgiven you of that sin. Now, he'll never love you less, but you can love him less by sin. Once you practice sin and your heart becomes hardened, you can love him less, but he never, ever, ever, Ever loves you less. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, not only is God long suffering, but he's kind. He's not an imposing figure. He does not rule through manipulation, through intimidation, but he's kind. According to Psalm 35 27, he has pleasure in your prosperity. God is happy when you wakes up. He's a kind man. He's not a man sitting in heaven mean. He's kind. His love toward you is kind. And there's so much more I want to explain to you about the love of God, but my time is up. So listen, if you don't have it, I preach this message in its entirety, dial 18335225433 or 1833KCC life. You dial that number, all of the information that you need, this tape, the name of this series is called Is Your Love Right? And the name of this message is God's Love Never Changes. It never changes. It's the same from everlasting to everlasting. He loves you. Father, I thank you that you're giving them a revelation of your love and their life is being changed and you're opening their eyes and bringing them into a revelation that you love them unconditionally. Father, I pray that you will open their eyes, that the spiritual eyes will be opened, and the ears would be in a position to hear a revelation of your love toward them like never before. I love you. If I was you, I would get this series, Is Your Love Right? It will bless your life. More grace. Thank you for listening to the Prophetic Podcast with Prophet Brian Karn. Stay tuned for next week's podcast and visit briankarn.com for more information and to sow a seed into the ministry. To receive this message in its entirety, call 1-855-984-2276 or 1-833-522-5433. More grace. We're excited about your future.